Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Auto Trader Podcast, South Africa's number one motoring podcast. My name is George Mini, and joined as usual by none other than Wandile Sishi, and we have another guest in the studio, our own Sean Nurse. I like to call Sean the sports car driver. Why do you call him the sports car driver? Because he gets the best. Because he gets the coolest cars, cars yeah, sure. that we get. Yeah. <laughs> um, he seems to, and, and, and I figured out why. What is it? Is it the arms? The arms. No, it's not the just arms. turn the steering wheel. No, it's not the arms. <laughs> what is it? It's a little known fact that Sean has a racing license. He does, yeah. I think that's the reason, or am I wrong? I think so. I think I've just put myself in the position throughout my career to try and get in the fastest cars possible, and I think I eventually annoyed people to the point where they just let me drive them. Lovely. So. <laughs> Lovely. Well the done. racing license does help. And well, you do kart like competitively? Yes, I do indeed. It's very, very fun. Um, looking forward to the first electric kart as well. That's, Ooh, that's be, is that on the horizon? It's, it's going to happen, yeah. She says that's going to be quick. It's going to be very it's cool. Gonna, the, the, <laughs> then there goes, there goes traditional karting because you'll never beat that. Yeah, um, it's going to be crazy. Low, fast, instantaneous Fun. talk. <laughs> yeah. When you come out of a corner, remember those carts? I don't know if you ever rode them. I mean, I used to cart like mm. just socially that's when child, I was yeah. uh, in my 20s a lot. And um, <clears throat> you... Um, you know, those indoor carts where mm. that are just public places. There's one in Randburg. I don't even know if it still exists. Um, and, uh, you come around a corner and if you don't in, enter the corner and exit it properly, yeah. you, you put your foot down. It's like, yeah. before yeah. it goes. But yeah. then uh, with an electric car, it's because I'm assuming it'll be a lot faster because there's just less weights to deal with. Well, there'll just be instantaneous Instant power talk. and torque. That's so, the difference. Yeah. Oof. You okay. won't have to wait for the internal combustion engine to build power. It's just instantaneous. So anyway, we're not here to talk about Sean's racing license or karting for that matter. Uh, this is the car tech episode. So welcome to the Autotrader podcast, Sean. Uh, should Thank I say you. welcome back? And uh, uh, it is the car tech episode, as I said, and we'll be talking about the Audi e-tron Sportback 55 Quattro S line that is standing in the studio here with us. Sean will be talking to that car. Then we'll be talking about um, car tech, what car tech to expect in cars in 2022. And then if we've got some time, there are a couple of Ask Auto Trader questions that uh, seem to be burning. So getting right into it, Sean. um, This Audi e-tron Sportback 55 Quattro S line, it's a long name. Yeah, just (laughs) e-tron. E-tron. E-tron, yeah. E-tron Sportback. I was telling you earlier on, I saw an e-tron bike. Yeah. Let's Google it. Don't think it's this one. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. I saw an e-tron bike on the way in. Yeah. And uh, yes, that's the exact one I saw. E-tron. E-tron electric motorbikes. Mm. I'm seriously, now that I saw this thing this morning, I'm seriously considering this e-tron electric bike. Um, I've been waiting for the e-tron for about, I'd say about a year now. Um, It's been teased for so long by Audi. So, you know, I'm I'm waiting to see what people are saying about it because, yeah. Very anticipated vehicle. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the e-tron electric bike. We're here to talk about the Audi e-tron. Which, yeah. um, okay, so so I mean, I suppose kicking off, um, Sean, what is the what's the lowdown on this car? What were your first impressions when you drove it? Well, it's it's interesting having stepped out of the the BMW iX and then into something like the e-tron because the iX is such an alien experience, and hopping into the e-tron aside from the the camera mounted rearview mirrors. It's quite a traditional car. It's mm. um, nothing too surprising. It even looks similar to most other Audi products, whereas the iX is a totally alien in almost every way. Mm. So it's very interesting to see how two premium German brands 
can sort of arrive at the same destination but doing things so incredibly differently. Mm. Um, I think if you're more traditional and you prefer the current layout of an internal combustion car or aren't ready to, to go to that crazy IX level, these um, products like this and the I-Pace are a nice transition between what the vehicles used to be like Mm. and the future of EVs, which is obviously going to be that crazy IX floating sensor console thing. So it's very much a traditional vehicle that's electric, which I think is, is its biggest trump card. Really, from, are you talking about from a point of experience of being in the vehicle or are you speaking like just in general? Um, I would say the styling and ergonomics because yeah. obviously when you drive the vehicle, it's very different to a combustion car because there's instantaneous power and torque. There's almost no sound whatsoever, especially if you're not in dynamic mode yeah. and like i said aside from those those cameras which has a little screen on the inside of the door that projects the image from the outside mm. aside from that it's it's pretty standard audi fare inside you've got the virtual cockpit you've got the uh, digitized controls for the climate control and then obviously the infotainment system which is very similar to what you'll see in, in the likes of a q5 and q7 with a, an internal combustion engine so it's very traditional in that regard but from a driving experience it's it's pure ev so i don't want to disrespect the audi um in any way or disrespect the bmw in any way but it looks a little bit like a bmw x6 it's got that sloping roof line they they sort of all going that same shape right except i guess the ix but that's more of a traditional suv yeah i mean that's that's just a crazy one of the craziest cars i've ever driven i've, I've never had more attention in a car in my life yeah. i drove it i drove it down to the free state uh two three weeks ago and um and uh, I got more attention in that iX than I do in my iPace. Mm. iPace gets a lot of attention because I think it's red. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and people are not used to EVs yet. So um, and the and the iX is is futuristic, like you say, compared to anything else um, um, in the market at the moment. It's just so futuristic, but very comfortable inside. Probably the most comfortable EV inside is the iX. Haven't driven the e-tron. I'm going to take it for a spin just now. Um, but uh, uh, but my iPace. I battle to find something, and I don't know whether it's because I, I have the iPace, but I battle to find something that is as sophisticated mm. as the iPace. Yeah. Um, um, the iX was sophisticated, but I don't. I, I, I thought it's it was a bit too flash. I think it was a little bit uh, too over the top, blingy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just too know. new. It looks like too... a giant iPhone to me, with that sort of rose gold yeah. around the outside. It yeah. was like a massive, you know, driving iPhone. And I think that's where the iPace and this uh, e-tron have got such appeal because they are so normal. Um, this car is super comfortable, very quiet, uh, very much what you'd expect from an EV. But um, it's not as quick as an iPace. Um, makes similar power and torque, 300 kilowatts and 664 newton meters. Bigger body. But um, it's two and a half tons. So it's it's a big old barge, but uh, it is super comfortable. And I mean, 0 to 100, 5.6 seconds, it's not a slouch. It's yeah. uh, Definitely faster than the um, internal combustion, you know, Q5 or Q7, um, and the performance is more usable. Uh, you know what? Five point six seconds. We shouldn't we shouldn't sneeze at that because yeah. I used to drive a, a Jeep SRT, um, the yeah. V8 Monster, and that car did zero to hundred and I think five point one, and it yeah. felt fast. Half the weight as well. No, just about probably, probably like two know. tons. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. But um, but but so 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 five point six. If I, you said five point six, right? Yes. Five point six is not slow. It's super fast. It's yeah. really quick. Um, you know, and uh, and it's not too far off the I pace either, because the I pace I think is two point one or two point two tons. 
Yeah. Um, where's this? Is this 2.5 2. 5 tons? So it's two, 300 kilograms more, which kind of adds. Uh, um, um, but what is the range? Well, Audi claim for the Sportback. So the Sportback, you get slightly better aerodynamic efficiency. So they claim between 372 and 440 kilometers on a single charge. But obviously, we're going to have to test and see what, what is realistically achievable. Um, but if you are interested in a more performance-oriented version, you can get the S. So this is the 55. You can get the S, which instead of this vehicle, which has got an electric motor on the front and the rear wheel, the S has got three electric motors. So you've got one on each wheel at the back and then one at the front. Oh. And that can give you 370 <clears throat> kilowatts and almost a 1,000 newton meters of torque for up to eight seconds. So that, that brings a 0 to 100 time down to 4.6 seconds. Which is I-Pace territory. Yeah, that's I-Pace territory. And yeah. so that's, a, that's a more performance-oriented product, but it obviously doesn't have the same amount of um, range as this 55. It's slightly lower, but... Um, so the payoff for more performance. So now, I mean, my experience with EVs is um, the WLTP um, sort of published range mm. for the car. In this case, 372 to 453. My experience is that you can discount that number by about 30%. Yeah. Mm. Um, for real-world driving. For real-world driving. Yeah. Uh, that's my experience in most EVs. Now, you know, I've driven a couple of them and, uh, and two of them long distance. Um, and... You know, you, you can discount the range by more than 30% if you're doing constant high speeds. But in the urban cycle, you can discount by 30%. I mean, for it, as an example, my, uh, my I-PACE, uh, WLTP, uh, range is 470. Yeah. Mm. Um, in the urban cycle, I'm getting around 320 to 350, maybe. Mm. So, so if you look at that, it's 120 k's off 470, which is about a third. Um, long distance driving, I'm getting 270 to 300. Because you're moving yeah. a little bit faster now. And well, no region. Yeah, no region, and okay. you're, you've got aerodynamic drag and, uh, and all that stuff. Whereas, you know, I, I think it's a little known fact that um, the WLTP is on a dyno. Yeah. No wind resistance, no road resistance. I don't think there's rolling resistance. And if there is, it's not going to be the same as the sure. real world. Yes. Uh, so. so the car's really just spinning free. So, so, so 372 to 453. Let's take the 453. What's the realistic range at, at, uh, at the midpoint? So 372, 453, call it 420. Um, if you take a third of that, you're going to be getting maybe low 300s. I think mm. that's, that's about spot on because the, the, the 40, ix that we drove i was getting obviously before i got to the point where i had to go charge the thing i was getting 280 to 300 k's so i would say if you could get 300 to 330 out of this car be good. that would be very good <clears throat> so okay. this is a conversation i was having with you earlier um with these new evs i think it's what, like how do we benchmark if an ev is good now because we can't use the same measures as a nice vehicle you can't use you know zero to 60 it's completely different you can't use. No, you can. Um, well, I mean, it's quick. It's quick, but I mean, it's it, you can't really put the two together. Oh, you, you can't, can't put ice and and, yeah. and and EV compared to each other. I don't because it's you different. Can, yeah. You know, it's a different no. world. It's EV to EV. So how do we know that this here is a great vehicle? I think you you switch from liters per hundred kilometers to kilowatt hours per hundred k's, and then you compare this with the likes of the iPace and the iX, and you can see how efficient it is. And then we could V box the vehicle. 
uh, mm-hmm. from zero to 100, see how close it is to its claim, and then we can look at its claim power output versus weight, and then we can take the efficiency and the performance and then combine that with the uh, refinement uh, okay. com- comfort and the overall package, and then you can make a decision um, as to how good it is as an EV. So let's talk about that for a second. So my iPace, I know because I drive it every day, um, ranges anywhere between 20 and 25 kilowatt hours per 100 Ks, um, depending on how I drive it. <clears throat> um, what does this do? Well, we'll we'll have to see. We're going to test it to its uh, capacity this week, so okay. we'll uh, you'll have to wait for the road test for that one. But um, I would imagine uh, slightly less efficient than the I pace. It's coming down to the weight. I think with that additional three hundred kilograms or so, the car's never going to be quite as efficient. Is um, the battery the same size? Uh, it's similar size to the, okay. the I-Pace, yeah. So, I mean, I just Googled it. The e-tron 50 Quattro, which is not comparable. e-tron, what is this? e-tron 55. 55. Sportback, yeah. Sportback. Uh, claimed, looks like anywhere between 22 and 24. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be keen to see what you get out of it, Sean. But, uh, um, you know, that seems to be I-Pace territory. Um, similar. You know, but I know the i3 does lower, like 18 or something. Yeah. Um, the the old i3, the one that discontinued. Yeah. iX40, what does the iX40 do? Because I remember driving it getting similar in the 20s. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was very similar to an iPace. Yeah. It just doesn't have the same battery <clears throat> size as the iPace, so I could not get anywhere near the range. I think we'd have to test the iPace versus the iX50 with the mm. bigger battery pack and more performance. I think that 40 that, that uh, we drove is a lower range EV. Mm. But it's also more, it's more affordable. I mean, 1.6 million rand, this e-tron here that we're driving without options is, is 2.1 million rand. So it's, it's more expensive than an uh, I-Pace, that black edition. Um, but it's also the same price as the more performance-oriented iX50 BMW. And also the Porsche as well, the Porsche Taycan base metal model. Yeah, it's like 2.3, 2.4 million, depending on <laughs> your spec. Yeah, yeah that's, I think that's the kicker there is yeah. what are you going to get? So, so just kind of like comparing to other EVs in the world, right? Yeah. And literally using Google to do this, and this is on Tesla's website. Um, the the Model S sixty um, consumes eighteen point one kilowatt hours per hundred k's. The Model S seventy consumes eighteen point five kilowatt hours per hundred k's, and the Model S seventy five eighteen point five kilowatt hours per hundred k's, and the, and the list goes on. Um, so it looks like it's a little bit more efficient. It looks like the Model S. Uh, or should I say Tesla has gotten, except for the Model X, the Model X is in this 20-odd kilowatt hours per 100K. It's the shape. It's I the shape. The aerodynamics are yes. not quite there. They make, it, they make a big difference because, I mean, I believe and I've read that the Model S is the most aerodynamic car in the world. So then maybe we should, be, we should wait for the e-tron GT where yeah. the shape is a lot more sort of coupe-ish, more sleek, yeah, then and we then can, we'll be getting some We can serious. compare with the Taycan and the more less SUV like um, yeah. EVs if i could say yeah. that so 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 if you if i mean if we just move off this kilowatt hour per 100k topic because <laughs> yeah. you're never going to get the rest but <clears throat> if you think about it 18 kilowatt hours per 100k's to to 22 23 kilowatt hours per 100k's let's call it 5 kilowatt hours per 100k's that you're that, that the model s is more efficient or a sedan is more efficient i mean mm. i don't know what happened to my ipace but 
you know, it's, it's, uh, well, I mean, I've read that the iPace is actually not as aerodynamic as, uh, as Model yeah, S, which I think is it's seen. also, it's, it's also <clears throat> really like an SUV shape. I'd put it close to this even in terms of shape wise. But, but I suppose my point is, is that five kilowatt hours mm. is roughly 20% less fuel efficient for the, or electricity efficient for the, for the SUV shapes. 20%. Yeah. That's big. As a result of the drag yes. that should get in real world. So, so EVs are very susceptible to drag yeah. compared to ICE vehicles. And I mean, yeah, it's the same with um, internal combustion cars. If you drive a hatchback, like let's say, for example, I'm currently driving the little uh, 208 Peugeot. And if I had to drive the same product but the 2008 uh, with a similar engine, um, I'm going to get worse fuel consumption in the SUV-shaped vehicle just because it's heavier. And is it 20%? I don't think it'll be 20%. I think it's like you say, EVs are yeah. more susceptible to um, aerod- like having poor aerodynamics and the shape, and it's yeah. very important for them to be as efficient as possible. So now we start to get to the futuristic look because mm-hmm. now they've got to start making these cars sleeker. Flat no as possible. wing mirrors like this car has. Mm, fast no as wing. possible. Okay. Also, like, does it not feed through the vehicle? Um, or is it no, just it doesn't, a, a doesn't need it, no. It doesn't need it. So it's, that grill's just for that corporate Audi look so that yeah. it looks like other products. And in the front there, you have a, a fruit or a frunk, frunk. That, that holds the, the cables, basically. It's not big enough for any luggage, but yeah, yeah there's, there's nothing under there but some, some wiring if you open it up and a little fruit. So it's, yeah, it's very different. It looks, I mean, this car looks like it's got very inefficient mag wheels. Yeah, they're massive. Audi Sport, they 21 inch. Yeah, they look cool, but they just... <laughs> oh, they've got lots of holes for lots yeah. of air to get through, which is aerodynamic drag, yeah. you know, susceptible. All right, so, Sean, what is this car going for? This one is uh, 2.1 million uh, without options, and that's pretty much the range from 2.1 uh, or 2 to 2.1 for the 55 models, whether it be Sportback or the uh, regular shape. And then if you want the S, it's about 2.4 million, which is the more performance-oriented which is the one that uh, zero to hundred four point six seconds. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, the tri motor. Okay, okay. And then, uh, what what were you not impressed about this car with? I don't like those mirrors. Mm. I genuinely don't. I think they're a bit of a gimmick. I think a standard mirror is going to work a lot better. And as a cyclist, I've I've knocked my share of rearview mirrors, and I'd shudder to think what kind of damage uh, it would be to replace uh, one of these a mirror with a camera embedded in it. I just I think it's it's an unnecessary gimmick. Um, a standard rear view mirror will be fine unless they can come up with a more elegant solution that doesn't protrude quite as much, but I don't really know how they would do that. So I'd put the camera on the back pillar. It could also work. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I suppose then you're not going to see the side of the car. You wouldn't yeah. see yeah, the close end side of the car. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, I mean, I don't want to sport that I know what, you know, designing a car is, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I, I suppose there are more elegant ways to do that. Um, and uh, and then the positioning of the screen with that mirror? So it's on the inside of the door, sort of in line with the mirror, where the mirror hits the A-pillar. So okay. um, you can see it pretty nicely, but it's it's not as convenient as looking out of the car. So you don't really have as much of a field of vision from my experience. So for me, it's just not as effective as a traditional rearview mirror. Um, well, I suppose when you're looking at a traditional rearview mirror, you've got this peripheral yeah. that you don't get by looking down at the screen. Yeah. You know, you're not going to see, see a lot more, yes, definitely. With your own eyes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Definitely. I mean, one thing that uh, JLR has done very well is their rearview mirror camera. 
I'm not sure if you've seen it, but the, the actual rear view mirror yes, inside yes. has got a, a projection. Got a camera, yeah. Now that is phenomenal technology because that is actually a better field of vision than you could have from a standard rear view mirror. But this, I, don't, I just don't see the, the inherent benefits aside from the efficiency of you know not having such a wide rear view mirror. So for me, that's, that's pretty much the, the only gimmicky thing I didn't like about the vehicle. Um, as for the range and the, the, the rest of the driving qualities, I'm going to spend a bit more time with it and report back on the site. But so far, impressive. Impressive, yeah. Very impressive. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, um, uh, let's move off the uh, Audi e-tron uh, first. Uh, I suppose uh, before we move off the Audi e-tron, uh, Sean, your score out of ten. I'm going to give this one an eight out of ten. I think it's uh, uh, deserves an eight. I think it's a good product. Um, not perfect, of course. Um, and I think products like the iX and the iPace give, yeah, they give a, a better option at this uh, price point uh, at this point in time. But um, I'll report back, as I said, when I spend some more time with it for a definitive uh, conclusion. Talking about that, just finally, my observation of this car yeah. versus the iX, versus my iPace, versus the i3, versus the Mini, versus the Porsche. The one frustration for me with the iX was where the charging port was. Of the vehicle? Every time I pulled into a charging bay, yeah. I had to reverse in because yeah. they put the charge port where the traditional fuel tank filler is for an ICE vehicle. Okay. Dumb move. Yeah. In my opinion. Okay. Why? Why is that a dumb move? Just for people who don't really have experience with... Because you always have to reverse in. The cables are not long enough to fit to the back of the car. Okay. When I parked it in my garage, same problem. Mm -hmm. I had to always turn around and reverse into my my garage at home. My I-PACE... It's on the left-hand side front in the car. Very convenient. I've put my charging um, wall box in the center of the garage so I can, you know, if, if there's right, two yeah. electric vehicles, the cable reaches both because it's in the front. Um, the very nice thing about this e-tron is it's got a charging port on both sides both in sides, the front, yeah. which is brilliant because oftentimes you pull up to a charging port, to a charging station, right, and there's one charger and there's two bays, Okay, mm. so my iPace, I have to always be in the right hand bay mm. because the cables are often not long enough to get around the car. Mm. So, uh, so this car is very charger friendly when uh, when it comes to you know two two charging ports. Absolutely, I mean uh, I haven't charged it as of yet, but that I can tell you is going to make a huge difference in uh, the December break when I had to go charge that iX at the one of the grid car stations. And there was a load of traffic and it was busy. People were shopping. Yeah. Getting that, and it's not a small car, getting that thing into the charging bay, especially because there was another electric car parked there at yes. the same time, it was a bit of a mission. So, yeah, that's going to be a massive help. And I think yeah. so. I think so. All right, let's move off the uh, the Audi e-tron and uh, uh, let's move on to car tech to expect yeah. in 2022. Yeah, um, so 2022 is flagged to be a really, really exciting year in terms of car tech. South Africa, especially because, you know, there's so many more EVs that are coming in. But, you know, off the cuff, I just wanted to know, maybe from both of you, what is the coolest tech that you guys have seen in an EV so far? I have to say, it's the self-healing grill on the mm. BMW iX. Oh, yes. I wasn't thinking of that, but Sean's mm. right. What exactly is a self-healing grill for people who don't know? You like, go for it. It's, oh, it's, <laughs> it's quite complicated. But basically, BMW wanted to keep their brand identity with those enormous kidney grills but they knew that they don't need it to vent 
yeah. or to provide a cooling effect for any engine because there is no internal combustion engine. Yeah. So they wanted to think of a solution to package the various radar systems and sensors on the front of the vehicle into the grill. Okay. But in order to do that, you have to have the grill has, has to be pretty strong and it needs to be able to clean itself and not be encumbered by bugs or debris chips and, and chips and okay. all that stuff. So they came up with this really intelligent technology that manages to clean itself um, and can heal micro chips and scratches on the grill so that your radar that sits behind that grill yeah. is never compromised unless of course you have an accident but it's incredible technology that's the most bizarre thing i've ever heard how does it work is it just like it's, it's, nano, like, it's a bit of i think nanotech yeah um, like a nanotech yeah, <laughs> where where the, the 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 material i mean i don't know if you've ever um heard of or seen um um spring steel no okay so no. i mean spring steel is is a kind of metal that yeah. It's, springs are made of it. You know, like the spring you get in your yeah. pen and, yeah. uh, um, and, and other places, right? You, if you, you can bend it. So like the grill, you can break it. Yeah. But there is a certain amount of give where the spring steel will always go back to its original shape. Okay. Um, and that's the kind of, uh, the kind of thing that they try to do with that plastic is, uh, is the, the particles just close the hole. Yeah. That's um, insane. It goes back to its original shape. Very it's cool. amazing. Very cool. And on Very the other cool side tech. of the spectrum, what is the worst sort of tech that you've come across? Well, I don't want to say it. We just. I'll say it. it. <laughs> I'll say it. These these wing mirrors. Oh, I mean, too So, so nice too idea. Easy. Yeah. Not not such a great uh, execution. Execution. Yeah, okay. Not I such mean, a that's great fair. Execution. That's fair. Let's talk about all cars of all time. Best thing you've ever seen in any car. Um, let's go back ten years. Uh, no further. Look, the first time I experienced um, a semi-autonomous driving uh, program or system that included uh, lane keep assist, blind spot assist, and adaptive cruise control, yeah. that honestly for me was such a game changer because you could have that crawl function in traffic where the vehicle maintains mm. the gap to the car in front of you. I think it saved hundreds of thousands of lives uh, throughout its its lifetime in vehicles, and that for me uh, when I entered the industry nine years ago, the, f the first time I drove it was a BMW 4 Series. The car had um, adaptive cruise control, and I drove from Pretoria to um, office in Santon and experienced this adaptive cruise control for the first time, and it just blew my mind that mm. this car would follow the car in front of you and keep you in your lane as long as you just kept your hands on the steering wheel. That back then was, was mind-blowing. But now, obviously, most of the cars here could drive themselves um, yeah. If we had the legislation in place for them to be able to do that, but exactly, it's absolutely incredible tech. So for me, it is uh, it is the um, uh, the I don't, I don't know what the, what the right term is. These, these adaptive headlights, okay. So yes. the ones that uh, that kind of turn depending on where your car is facing, where your steering's facing. Yeah. Right. So the first time I experienced that was I had a C32 AMG, mm. and it had. Uh, um, what then wasn't LED yet, but it Zenon, was halogen Zenon, Zenon lights or something. Yeah, it had Zenon lights in it. Yeah. And uh, that was the first time I'd experienced this moving headlight. As you're turning, As it's you're turning, of, it's moving. Yeah. And then the progression of that headlight yeah. in the iX is unbelievable because now they're using LEDs. Mm. And I don't think there's too much mechanical movement inside that unit. It turns on or brightens certain LEDs. Um, depending on what's, depending on what's coming. So I was driving from Middleburg in, uh, in the, in the free state, not the other Middleburg, Middleburg in the free state up back up to Nopert and it was dark, right? 
Carl Wilson's headlights were on. Mm. Um, as a truck approached, it created a black spot on where the, the truck. truck was. Wow. You could actually like physically see that. Okay, yes, no... I could see the, 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 the car put this black spot where the truck was, <laughs> which yeah. is very intelligent. Yeah. And so I, you don't have to switch off the brights yeah. because yeah. it literally looks around the vehicle. Mm. Um, so, so I think the progression of the xenon lights moving, uh, what, what is the right terminology? Well, Adaptive. The, these are uh, matrix LEDs on this Audi. Um, and then it's laser lights for, for BMW. Yes, they're laser lights, mm. laser light technology, but that old tech, uh, where it, where it moved. Directional, Direction, bi- yeah, bi-directional xenons. Bi-directional xenons. I think that was the first, first tech in the old, uh, ice vehicles. And now yeah. it's become this laser it's technology. Laser tech. Um, and, uh, um, uh, BMW's also coined this new term where the technology is embedded in the panels. Called, um, I did. I read up on that. Um, I forgot what it's called. It's called what is this? Word? But you were also speaking about the the adaptive, where it's the haptic feedback on the oh, the wood, the wood, yeah, yeah where it's yeah. kind of embedded into the vehicle, into the the frame. Yeah, I have to say that did blow my mind as well when I hopped into that iX. We keep speaking about it, but it's because <laughs> yeah. it's because the, it's I, the forefront, th- yeah. things like this e-tron and the iX and iPace and all these things are cutting edge at the moment. You know, yeah. they've got all the latest tech. So hopping in a car and it having a piece of haptic wood yeah. is just, it's mad. To think shy technology. Mm. I was Googling it, but I didn't find it. It's called shy technology. Shy technology. Yes. Well, there's other technology that I wanted to speak about that has actually been around. Some of it's been around for about two years, but some of it's kind of brand new. Um, the first being this air purification system. I don't know if you guys have, have heard of that. Yep. Um, that Jaguar's kind of rolling out where it basically just cleans the air Completely. I think it, it cleans it up to 99% of, of the air becomes completely sterile. Cabin ionizing. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 so somebody did a YouTube video, um, uh, on, uh, a Tesla. Yeah. They put it inside a tent. I don't know if you saw this video. Mm-mm. So they put the Tesla inside, I think it was a Model 3. They, um, they put this Tesla inside a tent, um, on like in normal, normal yeah. conditions. Um, they just put a plastic tent around it and, uh, um, and then they put a Tesla inside and they put a, another car inside. They didn't, they didn't reveal what the other car was. Um, and, uh, and they, and they turned on this air purification system in the Tesla and the other car had an air purification system, but not the Tesla's version. Yeah. And then they pumped red, uh, dye into the tent, like, uh, uh air particles. Mm. And you saw how the tent on the outside filled with red dye in the air, um, and the other car started to fill with red dye inside, two people inside each car, yeah. and inside the Tesla, it was squeaky nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating how they're kind of getting these things right now. And I wonder if COVID had anything to do with this. I, I, I don't think it is, but, I mean, it's scenarios like that where you, you're thinking, oh, thank goodness I think it I is a, a USP. I mean, Elon, I think they've got a name for it. It's like bio, it's biohazard, yeah, biohazard. biohazard mode or something. I mean, yeah. that's just a, a great USP for your like product. A, you it's know, cool. if the zombie apocalypse happens, yeah. drive a Tesla. Drive a Tesla, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Get a cyber well, truck. there are a few Jaguars and Land Rover who kind of have this tech now. So if you, in South Africa even, you can go and find out if you can get it in your model. Well, that's uh, unfortunately oh, yeah. we have time for. That's been <laughs> a lot of freaking fun. So, uh, um, ladies and gentlemen, I suppose we will then see you next time. <laughs>